0: welcome to the rsp cast i'm matt waldman with the rookie scouting portfolio this is part three of a two-hour conversation that Dwayne McFarlane and i had on projections of two teams the kansas city chiefs and the los angeles chargers we gave the chiefs about an hour and a half of discussion especially when we were talking about the receiving core and clyde edwards hilaire um, rich topics for discussion um, the Chargers didn't take quite as much time. I'm sure we could have delved into a lot more with them, but we provided a fair bit of commentary about this team and where it's headed. I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, again, you can rate and review this podcast, you know, at the variety of outlets that you download it. And we're yeah. going to do a quick one on the Chargers. And, listen, if you're a Chargers fan and you're disappointed that we're going to do this in about a half hour, 45 minutes, um, Sorry. But you know what? Your quarterback's your quarterback situation will eventually get better. You have Tyrod Taylor starting, which I was a cleveland I'm
1: a Cleveland Browns fan. I can tell you that's not going to last very long. Can you believe how many people are excited about Tyrod Taylor on Twitter? Yeah, fantasy yeah. people, especially they they immediately look at oh well, he can run. I'm like, have you noticed that he can't read a defense? Yeah. Okay. Have you noticed that he can't get a ball into his player's hand at the point of you know breaking open? for anticipation Keenan Allen that's his whole game I just I'm yeah sorry I'm yeah. not trying to take over. no it's, but, a, no, it's but, okay but Tyra Taylor loves insane
0: yeah I, I think it is I agree it's not it's you, you know there was a time but that time has passed um and then Justin Herbert listen you know promising player in many respects um I think he's kind of Carson Wentz light in terms of what he offers in terms of his game which could be very good for the charges. They're going to go into that spread type of spread zone type of offensive attack. So what that tells me is the strength of their line, help them be a decent running attack, decent short passing, intermediate passing. So what that means is Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen are still going to be um, the, the leading workload players for this offense. Um, now the question is, is how much production are they really going to have with quarterbacks that, that you know, or are, they, or are they going to get good production because of garbage time because these quarterbacks are not going to be good enough to be able to keep the team in games and then the defense get, gets worn out and then you're playing in game scripts where they're basically, you know, getting chunks of yards, you know, because they're down by 20 points or more. Um, that could very possibly happen. That could be the upside scenario there. Um, so you have... You know, you look at this running game, Melvin Gordon's gone, Austin Eckler had a terrific year, but they add Josh Kelly, they still have Justin Jackson, and so they have a pretty good um, depth chart in a sense that, you know, it's kind of unconventional, it's more of a scat back depth chart, with the exception of Kelly, who could possibly earn that melvin gordon role. that's what um adrian lynn what's what's his last i know it's lynn but i forget who the, the what his first name is anthony, but coach lynn. anthony lynn i always say adrian yeah. lynn he used who to was be actually, a running back
1: coach for the cowboys that's right and
0: running and uh and also with the Buffalo bills. bills and yep. you know and i i want to say adrian adrian lynn who was a director i think actually of um of some movie that i actually liked a long time ago maybe <laughs> it was angel heart i don't know um but
1: well i like lynn swan uh, there you go lynn swan
0: so Adam, so Adam <laughs> Lynn, um, you know, so Lynn was Coach <laughs> Lynn, was Lynn. Anthony Lynn. I can't remember his name to save my life. So Anthony Lynn, you know, obviously talked about Joshua Kelly as a guy that he thought could eventually succeed Melvin Gordon in Melvin Gordon's role. It could happen this year. I think he's an underrated player. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Um, you know, Allen and Mike Williams are good receivers. I don't think they have anything after that that's worthwhile maybe jeff cotton will be an interesting sleeper um kj hill is a player that i really liked at first when i watched him and then the more i watched him i think he's kind of a he's actually what the new england patriots probably wanted to draft but they just couldn't get their hands on him at the time they wanted him which is another slot receiver who isn't very good on the outside now maybe hill will surprise a little bit more but i i don't think he's he's quite there and then you have Hunter Henry, who is a, a very solid, if not very good, tight end. Um, you know, but it's it then it, it just comes down to who are these players going to have rapport with? You know, which quarterbacks going to be in? You know, how much rapport are they going to have? Is Herbert going to play right away? With everything going on, will he play later? Does that mean Tyrod Taylor puts them in in some sort of um, you know? situation where they're just basically in uh you know limbo, you know in a sense or stuck in neutral. It's fascinating. So I'm just going to start I, I start off this way. Um I have this kind of a 50-50 split for the quarterbacks. So I'm looking from pass to run Dwayne. I'm looking at um 271 um or excuse me, um 471 attempts. Um, which is probably very low considering what I just talked about with game script possibly happening. Um, But then I also have another, let's see, 98. Let's see. You know, let's say 200, maybe 330 to 300, maybe about 350, 380 rushing attempts. You know, so I kind of have this at almost a of uh, 50-50 split, maybe more of like 55-45 split, um, you know, pass to rush um, in terms of this offense. Um, but I don't see this as being a very efficient passing game this year. I mean, if if we get somebody over seven yards per attempt, um, it might be Tyrod Taylor, and I don't know why I, I would feel that way, <laughs> to be honest with you. Maybe just from past stats that I've seen with him, um, but I'm not, I'm not enthused about this offense. Um, I would say Keenan Allen is the only guy that I'm really enthused about is Austin Eckler. And then is a late pick, Joshua Kelly. And we'll get into that more. Where are you at with this?
1: Yeah, last year, I mean, they threw the ball 62% and they ran 38%. Obviously, we know that's not going to happen. Um, you know, now they could be in similar game scripts. You know, last year, uh, you know, if you looked, if you look, you know, at this team, they won five games. <laughs> so that's uh, whenever uh, you're you're losing, you know, eleven games in a season, it's uh, it's pretty easy to need to throw the ball more. What's crazy about it, Matt, is that their average margin of victory was only a minus zero point five. Yeah. Yet they only won eleven. They only won five games. Now right? you
0: know why Philip Rivers is gone
1: yeah and yeah. that's sad so, to
0: say but it's true
1: right so yeah i've got them i don't have them at a 50 at 50 a because i don't see the game strips you know supporting it but i've got them coming down i've got it at a 57 to 43 uh pass to run split i've got them at 950 plays is a team that Vegas has at eight wins, pro football focus uh, and their model have them at 6.4 wins. Like I said, they they won five last year. So I've got 542 passing attempts, uh, 409 rushing attempts. Um, I have no doubt they would like to get that number higher on rushing and, you know, lower on passing. Um, Again, I think just part of it is, um, you know, how do they do how are they going to be able you know to manage that you know based on some of the teams that they have to play and some of the things that you know some of the other issues they'll be facing you know with their game scripts you know but i wouldn't be surprised you know if if the season was going well for them by some chance I agree with you. I think where they would like to get back to is much more of a balance. Like if you look at Anthony Lynn and I'll speed up here, I know we're, we we do not want to go super long here, but uh, if you look back to Anthony Lynn, when he was an offensive coordinator with Buffalo in 2016, now this was again under a defensive head coach and Rex Ryan, but 49% pass 51% run. Right. So, and that was a team, you know, that he saw when, and he was in Buffalo, you know, the years before, you know, only as the running backs coach, but quite often, you know, it was like a 50, 50 split. So, I agree. I think they're gonna to want to try to protect the quarterbacks. I have the quarterbacks a little different than you. I have Justin Herbert at seventy percent and I have Tyrod Taylor at thirty percent. And it's more because I just I don't believe in Tyrod Taylor. And I think it's just pretty quickly gonna be it's just like with the Baker Mayfield thing, you know. I, I don't know that Baker was just necessarily, you know, extremely ready to rock, but Tyrod Taylor just wasn't playing very well you know um, for the Browns that year so I kind of see something similar here I've got Herbert at 70% you know of the team attempts so 379 attempts for Herbert uh, 6.75 yards per attempt at a 60 percent completion rate Um, I've got him at 2,560 yards passing with 15 touchdowns and 11 picks 160 yards on the ground and one touchdown I've got Tyrod I'm just going to go straight to the yards and touchdowns here uh at 1178 so if you look at them you know together as a team that's 3736 yards passing uh six touchdown passes from tyrod so that's 21. one thing tyrod's actually pretty good at is not making turnovers at this point in his career so only giving him two interceptions so that's 13 interceptions for the team and then tyrod i have at 125 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown um, so ne- neither Fantasy viable options in my opinion now if you're playing in a super deep league and you've got super flex Kind of situation going on then I think they obviously can both come into play Um, And I've seen a lot of people and actually some people that I think are pretty good players um, You know, so maybe I'm missing something on Tyrod Taylor some people I know that have won a lot of money at fantasy football have I've seen them taking Tyrod Taylor at the end of these drafts so um, And these are guys that don't talk about this stuff because they don't that's their edge
0: (laughs) Well, Basically. I can, But I, I do pay yeah.
1: attention to who they take.
0: Well, I can give you a reason for Tyrod Taylor the more I think about it. And again, looking back at these projections, I haven't changed these projections much this summer, so I haven't really revisited my rationale for what I originally did. But the more that I look back on it, well, Anthony Lynn knew Tyrod Taylor, knows what Tyrod Taylor does well using Tyrod Taylor and what he did in Cleveland is probably not the best example considering that that coaching staff was a cluster you know so it was a a bad situation for in in terms of Cleveland's coaching staff so I can see why there's a little more optimism I have um I have Justin Herbert earning 54 percent of the snaps Tyrod Taylor earning um 46 percent of the snaps at this point so it's a little more even for me um You know, I, and as totals, you know, I have Herbert at 256 attempts, 152 completions for um, 59.4%, 1,750 yards, 6.84 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, which is 4.7% of his his attempts, seven interceptions, um, 2.7% of his attempts, 50 rushes, 150 yards, and a touchdown. I have Tyrod Taylor at 215 attempts, 135 completions at a 62.8% because I think he's going to have more opportunities to check the ball down to a decent receiver in Austin Eckler as well as um, Keenan Allen who's going to get open in the slot. Um, so I think they've because they, he has two really good underneath options who can work open, I think he'll have a higher completion percentage than maybe people expect. 1,515 yards. 7.05 yards per attempt eight touchdowns five interceptions um is my my thoughts for him right now 48 rushing attempts 290 rushing yards three touchdowns um so I have him like having some okay games yeah. I guess yeah you know and yeah, we're keeping got him it, at 62
1: percent completion too so yeah we're dead on on that yeah keeping it close
0: and then they lose a number of close games and they go well we're out of it let's put Justin Herbert in. I don't think it's gonna be Tyrod Taylor's gonna stink it up so poorly that they're like third game in, let's put Justin Herbert in. I think it's gonna be more like six, seven weeks in and they're gonna be like, we're essentially out of it. We keep losing these games. Tyrod Taylor will have like one really awful half at the sixth or seventh game and they'll go, it's over. Let's go ahead and put, you know, put Herbert in. Now, when it, let's go on to the passing, you know, the rest of the passing stable here. And I'll just, I'll start off. Keenan Allen, love his game. One of the best slot receivers in the game. Not even if you didn't like that him coming after Mike A- Evans on Twitter. <laughs> I don't really care about all that crap. What I can tell you is that Keenan Allen is uh, is deer has deer like quickness. Is great um, in terms of getting separation. I have him at 137 targets, 90 catches, um, 1,025 yards for 11.3 yards per catch. Maybe they'll play him more outside if they like K.J. Hill and put him in the inside, but I doubt it. So I've got him at five touchdowns. Um, he's I think he's at about the value that his ADP's at right now. Like, I have him a little mm-hmm. lower than his ADP, but within range that if you took him at his ADP, I'd be okay with it. Mike Williams, loved what he did last year. Love where he's emerging. I think he's about to hit a brick wall named his quarterbacks whichever one that you put in there and i think they're going to be kind of a limiter for him this year and people are going to be probably down on him in 2021 when they should actually have a little bit more um
1: hey remember that for him tyrod did have magic with one of the receivers we already named on this show earlier yes he did he yes so he did. There it is I, I think the longer tyrod taylor plays the better it is for mike williams we're a little different and the worse it is for Keenan Allen yeah I think when Justin Herbert plays that's going to be better for Keenan Allen and bad for Mike Williams so a lot really does hinge on how long these two guys are yeah. even though there, people are probably listening going god that's not exciting that's like not even 4,000 yards passing and I agree it's not super exciting but it does matter where that switch happens because if for some reason they outplay what we think they can do i mean keenan allen could really be hurt and mike williams could all of a sudden be wide receiver three worthy very very possible i have williams right
0: now splitting the difference at 78 targets 42 catches 550 yards and 13 point yard, 13 yards per catch and three touchdowns so i'm kind of on the lower end of that uh, mm-hmm. because i think that herbert will while it's a, a more of a 50 50 that you you make a good point about how Williams could be that guy on the outside that he targets downfield like that very possible I'm um, and what's funny is I I kind of talked I kind of gave a rebuttal about the Cleveland situation but then I used the Cleveland situation to look at who he was targeting in, in recent past and said, you know, Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, you know, Austin Eckler, Jarvis Landry and just yep. kind
1: of kept it at that. So but really, he, you have a good think point. about when he had when he had Robert Woods, he didn't really use him much. He, he didn't went outside to the deep receiver. So yeah, I yeah I think I think if, if you do believe my, my thought would be if you do believe that it is really gonna be kind of a 50-50 split, I probably need to move Allen down like one or 2% shares and I probably need to move Mike Williams up yes. like 2%. Cause I, I have a 25% target for Allen and 16 for Williams but that's based on my 70-30 I gave you earlier and I think you made some really good points. Um, so as long as Tyrod's in there, I mean, especially if people are playing on like FanDuel and uh, you know, playing the daily fantasy stuff, Mike Williams is gonna be a play that, you know, he yeah. could go off any any week for four catches for hundred and two touchdowns.
0: That's a very good point. So it, that's something I'm gonna have to take note of is just kind of like reconsider Mike Williams in this in this business just a little bit more. So I'm gonna make a little flag here in my comment and say reconsider. Um and then you yeah. know moving forward listen kj hill you know he's one of those guys that like earlier in my scouting career i probably would have been like i liked him so much and you know in the first few viewings and then i saw him in the senior bowl and he did all this nice work on the outside of the senior bowl and then i put too much stock in his practice and feel like he's underrated i'm not there with him i'm at 25 targets eight catches 85 yards and a touchdown and he's by far the top receiver after uh, on that depth chart after the two starters. So I'm not expecting much from the receiving core, but then when you go to the tight ends, Hunter Henry, 80 catches, 50 or 80 targets, 57 catches, 644 yards, 11.29 per catch, five touchdowns. I think he'll have a decent year. Um you know, solid year, maybe not unbelievable. Um, but I don't think he was ever an unbelievable tight end. So I think he's a just a, a good workman-like player. Who, if you get him with a great quarterback, he could be a top five tight end. But he needs that type of quarterback mm-hmm. to be that kind of guy. Where are you at with the rest of this receiving core? Yeah, so I'll just
1: I'll I'll do it in the order you know across all of them. You know, so I've got Keenan Allen, and I just I actually just adjusted my my uh projection on Tyrod from 30% to 40% and I dropped Herbert from 70 down to 60% I thought you know you made some good points so that made me I had Keenan Allen at 25% of the targets but I just dropped him to 24 and I had Mike Williams at 16 who I just moved up to 17% so I still have Keenan Allen leading the team um 24% of the targets that's 130 targets 81 receptions you know it's going to be you know more in the short to intermediate range so even Though he'll probably de- be dealing with you know less accuracy than what he's had in the past, um, you know, with Philip Rivers and also less anticipation, it's still you know he's still a matchup problem for a lot of folks. So I, I still think that's okay. But that's 975 yards. I've got him at five touchdowns. Um, then I've got as the second most targeted player on the team. I've got a tie. I have Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry both at 18% of the targets. That's 97 each. Um, I've got Eckler at 73 receptions, um, 10 yards of catch, 730 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. I've got Hunter Henry at 63 receptions at 11.5 per catch, uh, 729 yards receiving, and 5.4 touchdowns. Then I have Mike Williams just slightly behind, right, at 17%. Um, very similar to you. He's the guy that's going to be working deep down the field, so again, I have a lower catch rate, 92 targets, 55% catch rate, 51 receptions, 810 yards, and 4.3 Touchdowns. Now, the other thing about Williams is he has he has shown. Now, last year he regressed because the year before he was basically, you know, he outperformed his opportunities in 2018. He scored 10 touchdowns um, receiving. Last year that number plummeted, but when you really peel back, you know, the curtain on it, um, the opportunity was still there. He he had 35 percent of their targets in the end zone, and so I don't really expect that you know, necessarily to change, um, even with Taylor, or I think Hunter is a viable guy down towards the end zone. They use Allen typically less in that situation. Um, that's one of Allen's, you know, uh, you know if you're looking at high leverage things that create fantasy points, he doesn't get a lot of work down, you know, once you're inside the 10. They like to go to those two guys better um, in that situation. So um, that's how I have it. I've got, you know, the top option is being Allen, And then I've got Eckler and Henry next, but then Mike Williams right behind them. Um, And I I won't talk about the other guys. So I think it's kind of, you have a, a number one and then you've got it spread across these other three guys. And what I will say, I mean, that's a nice four weapons to be throwing to if somehow one of the quarterbacks could get things together. I mean, I think it would be kind of hard, Matt to say, you know, I don't think you can name a ton of teams that have four better players that, can attack all these different areas of the field that you have to worry about Williams can get you deep he can body you up Allen is a mismatch you know uh, underneath and in the intermediate game and and he can kill man coverage or zone he doesn't care he's an equal destroyer (laughs) and then you have Hunter Henry to your point not not an elite tight end but solid and then Eckler is one of the better receiving backs in the game yeah so I mean that's a lot to think about as a defensive coordinator yeah if you have
0: you know really if you're going to take a strategy on a late round quarterback um you know in a deeper draft a very late round quarterback is like your number two with high end upside maybe you hope justin herbert can like way outperform expectation and be the kind of guy that people thought he was in 2018 when they thought he should have come out for the draft and if he performs that expectation he has the support staff to do it so certainly i think that's a great point there Speaking of Austin Eckler, listen, he's the guy. I mean, and I love what you talked about with his targets. I may have to consider raising mine. I have him at 88 targets for 57 catches for 675 yards, 13 or 11.8 yards per catch, and six touchdowns. So, where you have fewer touchdowns, I have more touchdowns. You have a lot more um, receptions and yardage than I do at this stage. Um, You know, as a runner, He's a competent interior runner, um, actually a pretty good one for his size. Um, And I probably am too optimistic about him. I have him at 150 attempts for 780 yards at 5.2 yards per carry. I don't think that's going to happen with these two um, quarterbacks. But here's where I guess I looked at it and said, maybe I'm going to allow it is because they're going to run that spread um, zone attack, which means that you have to account for Tyrod Taylor as a runner, you have to account for Justin Herbert as a runner, which means that they have to play all eleven men on the offense, and that can open up things for a quick back like Eckler. So I'm still, uh, uh, I still feel like I'm a little more optimistic than I should be in terms of efficiency, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that at this point. So I've not been uh, 150 attempts, 780 yards, and six touchdowns. I'm looking at 12 total touchdowns. Um, you know. 207 yard 207 touches total and we're looking at you know pretty much close to 1400 yards total out of these uh, you know from scrimmage joshua kelly to me is the interesting back um because if he shows something early i think that we've seen anthony lynn i got it right the first time anthony lynn actually may decide that Kelly's the guy that we need to get the ball into his hands more. And he's a very good interior runner. He's very good with heavy boxes. He's someone that really understands how to let plays develop. And he has good speed. He's a guy who can really get into the open field and pull away. I'm at 83 attempts, 417 yards, um, four touchdowns. And I honestly think, this is kind of weird to say, but I honestly think that those two years at UCLA, in some respects, not totally, but in some respects will be a little harder for him than it will be in the NFL. I think he'll have an easier time dealing with um, more spread out situations at the line of scrimmage at with the Chargers because he played in so many 12, 13 and 22 personnel sets. He looked like he was running at Stanford back in the, like the Tyler Gaffney (laughs) era, you know, and he was doing really well, but it's like when you're running in that type of clogged environment and doing well with that, I think them spreading the field, he might go, these guys are faster and they certainly can, there's things I got to read and be careful of, but wow, the holes are a little bit nicer here. You know, outside of this Chip Kelly offense that I've been in. So I think that he could wind up being pretty darn good. I have him, you know, a total basically 487 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns this year. But I think his ceiling's much higher, so he's worth taking. Justin Jackson, you know he's a favorite of mine. He's playing for a contract next year somewhere um, as a scat back. I'd love to see him, you know, in a situation with a... You know, with a good quarterback. I think there's a little Jamal Charles to his game. A little. Not a lot, but a little. Um, And he runs with good contact balance. He's a savvy player. I honestly think if he didn't get hurt early in his career, Austin Eckler would be balling out for another team as a surprise free agent somewhere. Kind of Raheem Mostert-like after bouncing around a bit because that's how much of a good impression Jackson had early and them drafting him as opposed to Eckler not being drafted at all. Um, But, you know, Jackson's been basically behind Eckler all this time. I still have him at 71 attempts, 378 yards, three touchdowns, 18 targets, 16 catches, 160 yards for 10 yards per catch. Justin Jackson is also a high upside center. This is a very interesting backfield. Because if Eckler gets hurt, Justin Jackson takes the Eckler role. And then he ends up becoming... A fantasy hero if Joshua Kelly plays well enough he gets the Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. role and Austin Eckler ends up going back to like running back to land and and Joshua Kelly ends up getting somewhere close to running back to land and Justin Jackson's kind of basically sitting there going when do I get to play somewhere else um so there's a lot of variability here the the to me I I wouldn't want to spend 3 picks on Chargers running backs. Um so mm-hmm. Eckler's probably the guy. Not advisable. Not advisable. <laughs> Eckler's probably the guy. I would probably consider Kelly late and then wait till someone gets impatient, which they will and drop Justin Jackson on the waiver wire and see how that just shakes out as the season goes along. Um you know to see, you know how that goes, but if if Austin Eckler starts ailing, like if you're seeing, hearing him about missing practice and then like, um, you know, sucking it up to play games, you're going to want to preemptively pick Josh, um, Justin Jackson, and have him off your waiver wire when that moment comes that they go, Eckler just can't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I have both of those guys as, you know, really great late round picks I have Kelly slightly ahead of Jackson because I do believe Kelly to your point and and I like Justin Jackson too you know uh, you turned me on to him you know three or four years ago Um, every time I watch him play it's like it's everything that you said about him back then it's like it's all there you know (laughs) I mean the guy is I mean he's not like a big bank I mean people think you know that he's this big kind of because he's a little taller but he's you know He's not a real thick guy, but man, he just gets stuff done and, you know, he's fun to watch, but I have Kelly slightly higher. Um, I have them really sharing like you, that old Melvin Gordon role a little bit less with a le- with Eckler taking on a little extra right than what we would have, you know, seen from Eckler in the past outside of the first four weeks last year where he had to take everything because, you know, you had no Melvin Gordon for suspension and Justin Jackson got hurt in week one. So Eckler had to take on, you know, more of the work, but I've got uh, Eckler at 37.5% of the carries. That's 153. I've got Kelly at 102 carries. I've got Jackson at 92. I've got Eckler at four and a quarter. I have the other two guys at four yards per carry. I'm just a little worried about the quarterback situation. Smart. um, You know, and and what things are going to look like there. Um, And then I've got four rushing touchdowns for Eckler, two and a half for Jackson, and I've got basically four for Kelly. So I've got Kelly and Jackson... You know splitting you know uh what is that together i mean basically almost nine touchdowns together and four to eckler like you i have jackson as the next guy in the pecking order as a running from the running back position right as far as targets go Uh, i've got him at five percent where i only have three percent for kelly you know so that's 19 receptions uh and a touchdown for 142 yards and one touchdown for justin jackson it's 11 receptions and 85 yards and zero touchdowns for joshua kelly but to your point, either one of those guys, there's a lot of ways. Josh Kelly could just basically all of a sudden be the Melvin Gordon, right? And man, talk about a great pick late. <laughs> but where I where I think it's a little different that people get maybe a smidge carried away, and I and I, I try to draft Joshua Kelly every time I can. What I don't see is Kelly getting to take over the kind of receiving work that Gordon had. I just you know, I, I could see him getting more than the three percent I've got him slotted for but you know gordon was a pretty good receiving back not special but i mean I, I don't maybe maybe that's something you can address you know with kelly i'm not saying he's bad but to your point i think that's where justin jackson gets to work in a little bit as well in some of those situations where gordon would have been the receiver and not eckler my biggest question you know matt is you know if we look at eckler so i've got him at 153 carries 650 yards four touchdowns rushing 73 receptions, 730 yards, three, you know, receptions or three touchdowns receiving. But I do ask myself, you know, am I am I not considering that Eckler could potentially handle more? Because kind of what I'm basing it off of is last year he averaged 58% of the attempts in the first three of the first four games um, because he didn't, you know, he didn't have Gordon and then you had Justin Jackson get hurt early. So he basically had to take it. You know um, but once Gordon came back he fell to 28% on average he got 28% you know of the carries so I kind of split that you know I didn't say hey all of Melvin Gordon's roles going to Jackson and Kelly I gave Eckler a 10% bump in his attempts versus what he did last year once Melvin Gordon was back which was 28% I've, I've got him at 37 and a half so basically 38% what I'm wondering You know and this is a question i you even you wrote an article about this (laughs) is he capable of more and are, are we potentially discounting him should he should we have him at more i mean my gut says they want to keep him fresh and use him plenty in the receiving game and so his overall touches are what they're probably more looking at not his rushing attempts but just want your thoughts
0: i think if they had to they would but i don't think they have to and i think that's why they picked kelly I think they'd Mm -hmm. pick Kelly. they like him in the role that he's in and have Kelly be the Gordon role. And I'll answer your question about Melvin Gordon first. If we recall, most people were really concerned that Melvin Gordon couldn't catch the football. And I had to kind of go back and say, here are some plays where you can see him running some difficult routes where he could catch the ball. Joshua Kelly, Chip Kelly, as we know, throws a lot to his back, so he used to. And they asked him about, joshua kelly and he said the only reason we didn't get joshua kelly into the receiving game is that we used him so much as a runner that we tired him out and we wanted to rest him he said but he can catch and i've seen him catch he's got very natural hands he tracks the ball very well um i think he's going to surprise as a receiver but it's not going to be this year i mean you've got justin jackson Mm -hmm. and austin eckler so that's fine when justin jackson goes to another team i think you'll see a bump in Joshua Kelly's opportunities next year but this year it's going to take a either an eckler injury or an uh jackson injury for him to get a bump and if it's a jackson injury it's going to be a small bump if it's an eckler injury then it it's still it's going to be a moderate bump at best because jackson yeah. will likely be in there now if both go down josh kelly is going to be a league rent winner for
1: you yeah yeah i think so i think if just justin jackson goes down period and josh kelly's playing really well he could get a chance to do everything melvin gordon did yeah right and you that's potentially a league winner given how late you're getting if you were getting some version of melvin melvin gordon in round 13 or 14 sometimes 12 of your draft you know he's one of those upside runners that people they can go anywhere from 12 to 15 people just start swinging you don't know necessarily what order they're going to go but there's a tier of them sit there and kelly's in it um for me that's that's a thousand total yards and seven touchdowns between the two of them that I've projected. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, me mean, yeah. yeah, me, I'm, I'm right there too. What do I have? I have total yards. Yep. I got a, th- you know, I have a thousand and four yards between the two of them and uh, seven touchdowns total. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so real quick on Eckler, the reason I asked that question is because if for some reason, and there's some uh, there's some folks on Twitter and out there that I've seen putting him at 175, 200 attempts. And there's some people that I you know think you know hey I respect this person's you know opinion. Mm-hmm. I know they have a process. They're not just floating this you know out of nowhere. This isn't coming out of their ass. They thought about this. So with Eckler, the only reason I bring it up is because if for some reason he were to get 200 attempts plus all the passing work we just talked about and you get him in the second round, I'm not drafting Eckler very much, you know? And so I'm just, I'm asked, that's why I asked that question. I mean, do we see a a potential scenario where even if Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly are both uh, healthy, (laughs) healthy, Kelly, if Kelly is healthy, where you could have Eckler at 200 carries, or do you think it has to take an injury to one of those or both of those guys?
0: I think it has to take an injury to either one or both of those guys or an injury to Keenan Allen. And I think if that happens, then you're gonna see Eckler split out more often as a slot receiver um, where that could happen. And then they still may split him out as a slot receiver and use Kelly or Jackson in the backfield more often. And then if, especially if it's late game scripts and we get into this kind of blowout situation, if the defense doesn't keep things close or help keep things close, Maybe you can see him get a lot of garbage time looks, but I just, I, I'm not there yet. You know, I think there's too much offensive skill and diversity in this offense to to give Eckler that kind of thing. But I see where they're coming from. I just can't, yeah. I can't go there yet. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you know, if I just quickly though, and I just ask, if all of a sudden I change his carries to 200 and change nothing else, and if ultimately if he had that he'd have more rushing touchdowns but not even touching that he jumps to 276 fantasy points so it's kind of an important i'm with you yeah. I, I don't think they're going to do that and some of that i'm basing off of how they handled it last year as soon as melvin gordon was back man they scaled him down in yeah. the running game eckler and, and again i've given him a little more than what he was getting last year once melvin gordon was yeah. back and i feel comfortable but it, it's a big question to be right on in fantasy, because if you if, if Eckler could do that and you can get him in the second round, that's pretty insane. Basically, you would be getting Alvin Kamara in the second round.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's funny because I've, I'm fairly bullish on my running back, so I've projected a lot of guys at higher than 276. I have Eckler as my number 10 PPR back right now at 274.5. Um, I have him in my 10 as well. Yeah, so, but still you put 50, you put 50, you know, 50 more carries into his, into his list. And yeah, you've got a top five back. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely an interesting proposition there to consider. This was all great. You know, listen, we got a little loopy towards the end here. Um, it's been, I'm sure we, we've each had full weekends in terms of stuff going yeah. on, but you can find Dwayne on, uh, at pro football focus. And I was going to say pro football reference. I don't know why. But pro football focus <laughs> at Dwayne McFarland does great work. Um, you know, love having him here. And, you know, certainly show your appreciation um, by rating and reviewing this podcast. Um, you can find me at Matt Waldman. Follow Dwayne on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. And, uh, you know, the RSP, it's available. And it still provides some pretty good stuff for you, especially if you're considering dynasty drafts and redrafts and Devi leagues and stuff like that i think you're going to find some really good information there newsletter will probably be coming out within the next 10 to 14 days depending on when training camp and the pads really get donned um then i'll be able to give you a little bit more relevant information and everybody hang in there and have a good week